0: consciousness mindset health relationship business welcome to the aubrey marcus podcast oh looky looky who we have here it's jonathan daves what's up my man
1: what's up brother how you doing i'm doing good how are you I'm good. Happy to be here. Uh, Thankful for the opportunity to to come on the podcast. It's a a first for me, so that's a big one. Podcast virgin. Yeah, here it is. I like it. (laughs) So we've had a bunch of
0: conversations that people would probably be surprised about because one of the things that when we first met, one of the interests that you already had before even discussing me was the path of consciousness and trying to tackle these larger philosophical questions that you don't typically see from, you know, an all-star athlete like yourself. Like, when did that awareness start to come into your life? Is that something that's always been there, or is
1: that something that happened kind of recently? Well, we're we're getting right into it. I like that. Uh, yeah, first question. yeah. I don't fuck we're around no with fucking around time. Uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I'd like to think that you know, there's a lot of guys out there that maybe do think and maybe do ask themselves those questions and and aren't afraid to to get into the deeper stuff. And uh, it's just not necessarily a conversation I think is is really being had in a whole lot of locker rooms, uh, especially not ours. But uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that there's uh, not some great athletes out there that are constantly digging in or looking around and drawing parallels from different aspects of competition, whether it's sports or business or, uh, you know, again, anything that you can apply philosophy to and and kind of, uh, like I said, draw parallels to what they do and and understand uh, more about what makes them successful and what they need to change about themselves.
0: I think that's level one that you're discussing. Level one is people using philosophy to learn an advantage, to find some way that they can improve performance, and that's a characteristic right. that I see kind of across the board with with athletes on on a variety of genres. But there's only one other athlete that I've met other than you that really concerns himself with the deepest philosophical issues, like spiritual issues that really don't have a direct bearing on performance <clears throat> on the field. And that's you know Bodie Miller, who's one of my best friends, who helped. You know, start on it together because we had that similar some of those similar ideas about both improving performance, but also just testing the depths of our own consciousness. And I think that's you take it a step beyond just let me learn about philosophy so that it can apply to my life. Like a good example of that is uh, the book "Obstacle Is the Way" from Ryan Holiday, that you know is really popular amongst athletes because it's very applicable. It is Stoic philosophy, but it's very applicable to the ice. But You've taken that a step further, in when wanting to, you know, expand your understanding of spirituality and, and other areas that don't have a direct correlation. So, but where did that come from? Like, where did that extra layer beyond just what could help you on the ice come from?
1: Well, I, I, it's tough to tell. I think if I can tell a little bit of my story, it's things kind of come full circle a little bit. I think, like you said, the first, uh, I guess, foot in the door or whatever it is that that. Uh, people like myself kind of get into this stuff is, is just by uh learning how those principles can apply to their career and their craft and their sport or whatever they're doing and learn how it makes them better and i think for myself it was, i started to get into a lot of different stuff that you and i always discuss and, and just trying to uh like I said, draw those parallels between one thing and another and understand the, the the principles that are similar and different things. Um, so then you start getting into Stoicism, uh, such as the, the book The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, you can talk about uh, Buddhist thought and Taoism, all those different things that talk about just building that foundation, really understanding the natural flow of things and, and the incremental growth of not skipping any steps and really just going through and learning your own how your own body moves and what makes you uh, the best athlete or the best whatever um, understanding more about your personality and you can go on and on and on uh, but for me it, it was and I think we talked we touched on this a little bit yesterday in the interview that we did too early on in my in my life I mean I love the sport of hockey but there was some of the things that drove me to be the best weren't always uh, maybe the best motivating factors some of the things that I think in all of our lives we have some emptiness that we're trying to fill and that's what uh, makes us establish ourselves as someone who's really successful at this one thing. And sometimes that creates an imbalance. And uh, for me, the last little while is really understanding what those imbalances are in my life and trying to balance them out. And I think the more perspective you have, it not only improves your your performance as an athlete, but it improves your, your personal life Um, so I think again, getting back into the, the, the Buddhist train of thought and just that, um, releasing of your suffering and getting, getting rid of the the attachments and the things that you know are on a certain level, uh, impermanent. And at some point, you know, someday my hockey career is going to come to an end Mm -hmm. and the the better I can understand that not only am I going to perform better and appreciate every time I get to step out on the ice at the United center, am I going to motivate myself to play better then? Absolutely. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is there's kind of a swing there where I was almost okay with my, my poor performances where I was able to be less miserable by those nights that didn't go my way. And I kind of ended up catching myself being like, well, that's not okay either. You know, sometimes that misery is what pushes us forward is what, you know, kind of instills us to keep pushing ourselves to be the best we can be. But then again, on the other side, I think it was just the balance between um, releasing that miserable feeling when you fail and when things don't go your way and moving past that and being able to sit there and observe that failure and learn from it and find a way to, to continue uh, to continually motivate yourself to go forward and be better um, while not carrying that that negativity into your personal life. So it's kind of a kind of a balance between the two where it's, it's come full circle in a way. Um, where a lot of that philosophy is kind of applying, and again, uh, it's a never never ending progression, I guess, where I'm learning more and more every day. So,
0: yeah, I think it's you know it's interesting because I, I set up a little bit of a false dichotomy in saying that there were things that didn't apply to performance, but you correctly, you know describe the fact that really everything you do will affect your performance Mm -hmm. you know and and people create these kind of silos where they say oh this is just spirituality has nothing to do with my career has nothing to do with this is just my philosophy on happiness doesn't have to do with what I have to do on the ice but really I mean the idea of total human optimization the idea of expansion of consciousness involves everything because everything is interlinked and I think we are we all too often create separation that really isn't there And, and I think I like how your story went from you know, the first impulse is, all right, how can I get ahead? How can I improve myself? How can I get where I want to be? And I think that's where a lot of people, even people listening here, are starting. You know, they're, they're yeah. just focused on that initial step, which is, all right, how can I get to where I want? And both you and I are in a fortunate position where we've gotten to that level of, of success, where I'm head of the company that I've always dreamed of creating, and you're playing... Hockey at the level you've always dreamed that you could play it, um, but it doesn't stop there. You know that's just one one train stop in a long, never-ending, cyclical destination that we're on. You know, with with actually no destination. It's just one stop. And for for us, the expansion of further is, you know, how do we be more happy? How do we yeah. make the lows less miserable? And how do we make the highs more enjoyable? You know, and yeah. that's. <clears throat> And that's really the, the most genuine pursuit of everything else. I think we have a lot of these other intermediary goals like, oh, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to be all these things. But really, what else is there but true satisfaction with your life? You Because know, I think both of us probably know a lot of people who are both rich and famous so I think and that's happy and of where,
1: where the problem lies a bit, uh, and it's kind of what I'm saying, that if, if you're able to find that contentment, and that release of the desire to continue to strive because that's what's going to fulfill you uh, is one thing, but then you do lose that drive to a certain degree. So it's kind of a balance of both. Like I really think that uh, it, it's kind of a mind game you got to play with yourself, where you want to be the best you can be, and you're okay with um, you know pushing yourself to that limit. But also when it's time to withdraw, you're okay with those failures that it's not going to you know carry into your personal life and into your relationships and then uh you know where, where you're able to kind of differentiate between the two a little mm-hmm. bit so i don't know what are, what are your thoughts
0: yeah well I, I think what you're talking about is there's some ego motivation that right. generally propels us to a certain degree this person said i'd never make it you know this coach said i sucked you know this yeah. person doubted me i'll prove the haters wrong you know this kind of attitude and that's and that's fine and I, and I think all of us can use that fuel but it's like a dirty fuel it's like burning coal Because laced with it is going to be a lot of suffering because you're using the ego, which is ultimately an incredibly vulnerable beast. It's extremely sensitive. It's always taking offense. It's always, you know, you're subject to that and you're using that as a fuel source to propel you. And then when you are kind of working on that and because you're trying to diminish the negative aspects of ego, you need to replace that fuel source. And I think the only way to replace that fuel source. Which is the ego is focused on myself. How, how can I get better? How can I dominate? Yeah. How can I this? You have to replace that with a mission. And that for me was really a, came to like a poignant place when I went to the jungle and I did uh, the Wachuma for the first time. And my mission was very clearly stated as para el bien de todos, like for the good of all and that's been that thing it's cuz i had you know healthy ass uh, strong sensitive normal ego that mm-hmm. was a huge motivating factor and it's still there you know i don't think you ever get rid of it you just you work with it and play with it but what's allowed me to fill that gap in motivation is true dedication to mission of what my purpose here is for the greatest good probably a bit beyond means for the good of all like yeah. how can i apply myself for the good of all and i think as I've seen you, you know, you've been on that similar trajectory of first step is how can I be the most dominant hockey player ever? So I have the money and the recognition and the success that I've always dreamed of having. And now that you're achieving that, you're transitioning to how can I use everything that I have to be the greatest, to make the greatest possible impact on the world. And I think that's one of the things that we've found a close affinity for is we're both in that transitional stage of let's bring everybody together. You know, that's that old, I think it's a Snoop Dogg line, like it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. You know, like what's the fun of us having all the the glory and accolades and happiness? Really, it's all about the happiness. What's up with us having all the happiness if the rest of the world isn't as well? So dedicating those efforts into the happiness of others, I think is how you replace that initial ego fuel.
1: Yeah, well, I think it... It kind of brings in into my mind uh, an issue too that uh, you know, in some ways, is is uh, I guess not hypocritical. I mean, I I I try not to to preach anything or or, or, you know act as this person who's got it all figured out and is trying to tell everyone else how to do things. I think for myself, it's just trying to share uh, the opportunities that have kind of been presented to me that I've been able to make the right choices and to follow those right leads and, and obviously meet and hang out with, with uh, some people who are not only inspirational but influential in, in all the right ways. Uh, but the sad thing is sometimes it, it honestly takes someone to realize their dreams, to get all that way, to, to put in their, you know, lifetime of work, to achieving whatever the heck they want to achieve, to look back and say, okay, well, wait a second, this isn't everything. You mm-hmm. know, there's, there's still some things within that i was not too worried about the whole time and it kind of goes back to the imbalances that i'm talking about in in everyone's life but as you said if you can get to that point or at least you can start to invest in bettering yourself as a person um, not only you know what you do but just how you perform daily tasks and how you just kind of take in the whole experience every single day i think you'll you'll get that better bearing that better um, awareness and that that consciousness that you're talking about and that's when people can really start to have the, the proper impact on, on the people around them uh para el bien de todos as mm-hmm. as you say uh, but sometimes it, it takes a long time for some people to come to that realization True. Uh, that that's where it should all start to begin with and that's where happiness really resides mm-hmm figuring some of those things out so um yeah i guess that's kind of Mm -hmm. what it comes down to
0: no it makes sense and and i think one of the things that also people people fail to recognize is i've really found that the more i work on myself and the clearer i get internally the easier Mm -hmm. things get externally like the more success becomes easy you know as within so without as above so below that was an old yeah. one of the oldest truest statements ever ever made and and the more you focus on your on being clear inwardly the more you'll attract other people to the cause you'll make connections that are that are real cuz you won't be desperate you won't be needy you won't be forceful you know you'll you'll be clear and content in yourself and that's that's the magnet that draws both wealth and you know people and allies to the cause around you whereas any kind of negativity or um, you know ego that's out of control or greed or fear, all of these things are natural repellents. Those are like the human repellents that you spray that on yourself, and humans are going to scatter. Yeah, you know, and the opposite is true. If you get clear and conscious and you're just putting out love, yeah, you might attract some parasites as well who are going to try and feed off you that way. But you're also going to attract some other amazing allies, and it's like those you know those video games where you know, you start off as a single character and then you go to some town and you meet this other character who's a good archer, then you meet the wizard and then you meet these people and then all of a sudden you got your squad. Yeah. And then with your squad, then you can accomplish so much more. And that's exactly how my success went. It was me following this path, working on myself, doing from psychedelics to meditation to floating to whatever I could to enhance my own clarity and my own consciousness. And then all of a sudden I started attracting allies. Body miller joe rogan these different people who are instrumental in the start of on it and then with my squad i was able to create this thing that i couldn't have never created on my own i mean this is i mean it would have been a long arduous journey to do this by myself but because i was able to gather allies and gather forces then everything was much easier but that wouldn't have been possible if i hadn't done the internal
1: work first yeah well i think you're absolutely right and it kind of makes me think too Obviously, I get a lot of questions. I get a lot of um, recognition. Uh, we look at our team success in Chicago. Um, people always look to the guy with the, the C, the guy who's kind of in the middle of it all. And I absorb a lot of that uh, positive attention for my leadership skills. But at the end of the day, it's the exact same thing. You, you take a little bit of everything that from from the guys that are around you, the people that are around you that have different qualities that um, – bring something different than you do and although it's I think you can constantly build um, consistently build and and learn from those people but I think uh, it's just been a lot of fun to be in that room over a number of years with the same corporate core group of guys that bring their own form of leadership in some ways Um, and some guys get more recognition at the end of the day you know in in professional sports there's always they're always looking for a storyline they're always looking for uh, you know a way they can write the story so it's just it's more fun from a fans' perspective to kind of watch this whole thing a championship season play out um, there's always got to be a hero there's always got to be you know a couple guys that that kind of uh, take that so I've always tried to you know, not get carried away with the compliments and the the positivity Mm -hmm. that surrounds the good things i do but also to to remind myself of the the, you know as you're saying you're talking about that awareness that that you need to have to see like the 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 different strengths that different people in your tribe or your team bring not only to feed off that but but to realize how important that is for a solid structure a, a solid team uh to operate so we've been lucky to have that we have a good group of guys and guys that uh, that know that as well and that's why it's been so much fun too to, to be a part of that um so yeah that it, it's one of those things that uh, doesn't get talked about often enough
0: yeah you know I, I think all of these relationships that you talk about it you know as a leader it's key to be humble enough to learn from everybody around you right, right? and that's something that you know every new employee that comes in and on it I can learn from every friend that I've had I learned from. and I will get uh, I will get a disproportionate share of credit for on its successes. you know we come out with a new product. you know we come out with this uh, Marvel um, Marvel barbell plate that we're coming out with, right? And I'm getting showered with compliments like, man, amazing work, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I basically just said yes. And I had a few suggestions of like, all right, let's make them bumper plates. And I had like very little to do with it, but that was, you know, Mike, our CMO, who was the brainchild of this idea, Yeah, you know? And I I think, um, you know, when I can, I always share those elements, but it's just going to be natural that the, the, the simple story of, oh, CEO, he's responsible for all the good things that happen on it. Oh, captain of the team he's responsible for the good things that happen in the in the team atmosphere is it's really it's really not true it's this this mountain that you know we're fortunate enough to to be of service to the rest of the people and i think that's really a distinction that some people lose as well like the ceo or the captain isn't is the leader but he's also directly of service to the rest of the team like if anybody on the team is having an issue you're the one that helps that person you're of service to that person it's not they're of service to you it's you're trying to apply whatever you can to help bring up the weakest link and the strongest link and that's the same for me it's the original idea of to minister to somebody or the samurai which is an example i always use like samurai people think of it as like oh a badass warrior dominant well samurai means to serve Yeah, that's like the actual definition of it and that's what a real leader does is he leads by example. He serves the collective. He serves his team, and he serves the greater good. And then, in doing that, the greater good will serve him. The principles of reciprocity will hold.
1: Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. And I think that's definitely one of the things that uh, I've really, as I've become more and more comfortable with with that responsibility, is is trying to gain that awareness of the guys around me too and I mean, i'll mean i be the first to admit it's been a long road i've, I've learned a lot i've had mm-hmm. a lot of uh of my own i guess uh emotional baggage that, that i carry around that in some ways um you know I, we were talking the other day about you know some things that kind of make me a good player and how i i get a little too intense on the bench or in the locker room and, and sometimes if another player would have projected that same intense uh, vocal energy my way, I would have responded to it differently where uh, maybe some other guys wouldn't respond the same way I would, whereas like I've really learned to have a better understanding of what makes guys going and what makes them better and and how their personalities are different than mine. And just having that awareness of what's going on and and checking in and, and being a little bit more connected to what's going on in the locker room has gone a long way. I'm not saying that uh, I figured all that out yet, but it's just knowing those things that, uh, that make you a better captain or, or a better leader and stuff like that too. So um, obviously, yeah, that's, that's what makes it fun is there's always something new coming your way.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's say that you could broadcast a message to all the billions of people on earth and they would they would listen and pay attention and understand that you know this message will change throughout your life but right now with the accumulation of what you know and and where you you know where people are are generally at and starting like what message would you broadcast out there to
1: to the people of this planet if you could I mean it's it's funny because I, th- I think uh, the reason um, I've been so drawn to on it and, and uh, the reason we become good friends in a short span, uh, I talk about it all the time, and you can put in a lot of different words. but the I believe that the total human optimization is is the beginning. You know, you, mm-hmm. you said it best when it starts with you. Um, it starts with the individual, I think then I, I believe it translates into your next model, you know, for the good of all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, um, when you really start to, and I, I kind of told my story the other day as far as how I really got into nutrition. And I know I probably get a lot of people's nerves on this subject, especially if people are close to me because it's something I always talk about and I'm very passionate about. Um, you know, when I got into really understanding my body and eating the right foods and all that stuff you start to learn more about where that food comes from where it's been produced like what's going on and then then you realize like this is not only agricultural and health and medicine but it's it's political it's it's stuff that you know affects how the world works and what's going on and and you start to realize you know a lot of different things and you start to pay attention again this is like a kid who's grown up playing hockey and is not worried or focused on anything else his entire life. And he gets to a certain age where he starts, the light bulb starts going off You're like, ah, you know, okay, I see what's going on here. And all these different things start to kind of, you know, you start getting turned on to a lot of different things. So the last thing I think I really come to talk about is, is the the consciousness part of things and, and how there's, I mean, we can go on and on and on about the issues that, that are, you know, that we're dealing with not only, you know, in the United States or in Canada, but around the world and how the answer, you know, the first uh, step towards solving a lot of these issues is that consciousness problem that we're not really connected. We're not really um, truly connecting with ourselves and with the planet and what we're putting into our bodies and the decisions we're making every day. Um, you know, we live in a world that's it's really, really easy to get distracted and get caught up in this whirlwind and then we kind of think we're making free choices and our own personal choices every day, but really we're not. We're kind of living in this little box and this little tight way of thinking. And the second you start to talk to people like yourself, a lot of people here at it that really have a, a higher understanding of these things, you get into the meditation, you get into the reading the books, you get into talking to, to people that have these, these different perspectives on things. I and mean, I think one of the, um, the crazier experiences I've had, uh, you know, really kind of got me starting, um, starting to think this way was, um, one night I I couldn't, I remember I couldn't sleep and I was just having these crazy dreams and these visions of being some type of war prisoner, someone who's, I I guess, enduring some intense physical pain and and torture and, and suffering. Uh, and I remember waking up the next day, um, thinking, you know, how, why isn't that me? Why am, why am I this person who was born into this body, who has been given this set of opportunities uh, to have a successful, have a comfortable, have a luxurious lifestyle with all these things kind of falling in, falling into my lap. And it really made me think, okay, I know I've worked really hard. I know I've put in my time um, to become successful at, at what I'm doing now. But how much of that is really me? How much of that was me doing that on my own, independent of like any other force surrounding me in any in any way? And, you know, I like to think otherwise, but I think the real answer is that not much. I think there's, you know, we all got some inner energy that drives us, but sometimes you need to, again, that intention, that energy, that, that positive vibe that you give out, I think there's a lot... To be said about what you can attract but sometimes too some people are dealt some really tough cards and there's sure. a really uh, tough way to come back from that you know depending on where you're born in the world what type of family what type of environment you're, you're born into so i think and I, I can't remember the quote exactly but it was I, something along the lines of uh, true consciousness is understanding of other people's suffering and i think that goes It loops back into what we're saying as far as being a leader in a locker room. Um, Maybe not necessarily talking about suffering, but understanding about what makes someone a good hockey player and just being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and know, okay, what makes them happy, what makes them successful, what makes them go out there and play their best game, what makes that person go. And really come to the realization that that could be something completely different than what works for me. Yeah. I think for me, that's I've always maybe been uh, someone who lacks a little empathy and understanding, and that was for me a big that's step all of us, forward yeah. in uh, really understanding that there's a lot of people out there, although they maybe seem similar to you, they think very differently yeah. and they feel it very differently. Um, so I think that's that's the whole consciousness thing that that I think you are talking about and that i'm really connecting with and i'm starting to learn about uh sort of applies to sport applies to hockey applies to business applies to to everything that we're doing um so again yeah it's it's starting that conversation and if i my message i guess again to get back to what i was saying earlier to not be so preachy and and to try and come off as that person who who is a little bit self-righteous. I think I got to catch myself there sometimes. And it's just kind of walking the line between being excited about new knowledge that I've been lucky enough to come across. And at the same time, being able to share that with others who are maybe, maybe seeking out these same opportunities, but haven't quite found them yet. And I mean, if you're a Blackhawks player in Chicago, that's a hell of a platform to start on. And to start that conversation, I would imagine a lot of people out there, like you said, like we said earlier, maybe there are a lot of guys across the NHL and other sports that are thinking the same way, but there's not necessarily that um, playing field to really have that conversation yeah. yet and to move it forward. Um, but obviously, people like yourself, you know, I listen to Joe Rogan. You guys are good friends. Um, the conversations that you guys have and the, the podcast, I think that's amazing because that's getting that out to a lot of people and kind of creating that. Uh, atmosphere to, to have a conversation for sure
0: sure i think you bring up obviously a lot of really important points there but i think one of them is <clears throat> that y- you know you mentioned the, the differences between you know people with different opportunities and different platforms and yes you know i think really it doesn't matter what your starting point is like i, I think like people make the the mistake of thinking that because you're able to reach more people somehow you're better that's like a more important role that you play like we all have our role to play which will be to be you know to reach the highest extent that we're possible that's what human optimization is it isn't trying to all become jonathan taves it isn't to become all you know joe rogan's it's to become what your potential is and live that to the to the fullest so somebody who has a much more limited opportunity it's not a they're not any less than than anyone else who has a lot of notoriety. It's just about can they optimize the the hand that they've been dealt. Can they can they do that? And that that is as good a life well lived as any other life. And if you're dealt a really shitty hand, like there's a story in um, I believe it's Ryan's Obstacles Away again about the prisoner of war. I've told this story before. <clears> he <throat> was a prisoner prisoner of war in Vietnam, and obviously horrible horrible conditions to be in. And, you know, at that point, you have basically no opportunity to make a positive impact on the world other than perhaps some of your prisoners that you get the lucky enough chance to encounter. But he made the decision to play a round of golf in his head every day on his favorite golf course back home to stay sane and to keep his spirits positive and to, you know, help keep the spirits around him positive by his, you know, by his own mental state. And he did that. And for like seven years, he played that round of golf every day in his head. And then finally he gets out of the POW camp, goes and plays that round of golf and hits par. You know, like an yeah. amazing, amazing story. And that's he he was dealt one of the worst hands in human existence, being a prisoner of war. And he played it to the fullest. And that's all that any of us can do. And it he's you know, we hear that. And that's as inspiring as, and, and as important as anything else in any of these stories it's just playing the cards that we have to the ultimate level that it can be dealt and i think yeah. that's that's really the key and and so you know yeah you were dealt a damn good hand and you're playing it the best you can and you'll continue to play that and i think that's something that a lot of people in your position don't realize is you know they're playing a really winning hand what are they going to do with that what impact are they going to make on the world are they just going to you know in their twilight years just drink themselves to death and you know have adulterous affairs and do the thing that and dream about the glory days or are they going to take their money their platform and are they going to try and apply that to the greater good of all are they going to use their inherent influence for something greater than themselves and that's what will determine ultimately whether they've lived that life well lived whether they can go into the the twilight ether with that attitude of today is a good day to die like man i've done what i can what i can do here and it's not going to be about how many trophies they hoisted it's going to be about whether they applied themselves for the greater good of of humankind i think that's that's the standard we will all hold ourselves to
1: yeah do you do you think we're getting to a point where um the the, the status quo the the paradigm is starting to change i mean obviously i'm sure you meet with a lot of. Business leaders, uh, guys that normally would, most people would assume are are very concerned with primarily their bottom line. But as we've seen around here at On It, some sacrifices can be made in some ways to uphold a certain level of principles. I mean, I I feel like uh, I hear new stories every day, and the latest one was, for example, CEOs in Silicon Valley in California are microdosing. Small amounts of LSD to expand their minds, the way they think, Mm -hmm. and and to be able to to uh, you know promote that creative thinking. Whereas, like I feel like a little while ago, that would have been completely off the charts. Not even a conversation, and that type of thinking is suppressed. Where you know you're obviously very open about some of your experiences. I mean, do do you see that changing, and is it going to happen through this capitalist kind of business? a hundred percent because
0: there's a, a couple reasons for it one consciousness is just expanding we're in you know a lot of philosophers track seven pulses of consciousness throughout civilization periods of enlightenment that have traveled around the world there's a pulse in india there's a pulse in peru there's a pulse in these different places where consciousness emerged and flourished and we're in you know truly what i believe to be the eighth pulse of consciousness where the awakening facilitated partly by the plants, facilitated partly by things like, you know, sensory deprivation and the availability of meditation techniques and yeah. yoga and all of these things that are flourishing, taking care of your body, nourishing your health. These amazing books and mystics like Don Miguel Ruiz and Eckhart who have come out and put these ideas out there that have flourished and and we're in the midst of that now. And that's happening, and that information is spreading. And that's a deep, deep human yearning. You know, that's it has the advantage in that it comes with love, and love is our true estate. The rest is just delusion and suffering. And so, it's working its way as it should because it has the least amount of resistance because it's it is truly our our highest calling and our true nature. So it has that advantage, but also it is now. Although society is weird, and society is going to lag a little bit. We're also social creatures and what we're seeing is that those virtues are being um respected more and more by society at large i think one of the reasons why bernie sanders was so successful is that people really want to give back like mm-hmm. the, the idea of you know let's give as much as we can to our fellow brother and sister that idea is becoming more and more popular like it's becoming it's rather unpopular to just be a tycoon like in the 1920s yeah. to be like a, a a railroad tycoon or you know some of these roosevelts or rockefellers or that was like the idea like man I, I, if only i could be that guy and that and those people were really put on this pedestal of like the epitome of what you could be well now that's not the epitome the epitome yeah people still like the fame and fortune but to really have the respect it's about how much good you're doing you know and so i think there not only is all of that consciousness coming in because it's true and because it feels right it's also now becoming more respected and more important so the combination of both of that is a ripe environment for the next wave of entrepreneurs and wealth creation to have a very conscious and socially focused uh mindset so i think we're poised for a really interesting time now there's a conflict between the old guard that old way of thinking and the new way of thinking and there's going to be you know there's going to be a little jostling probably it's going to be a little rough adjustment period as that happens but it's coming in smoother and smoother and you're seeing that the effects of this like i i don't know if it's actually happened but i heard that the um that the DEA is considering rescheduling marijuana nationally so that really? it becomes a medicine in all 50 states and we all know that that's the the right decision and the true decision but it's taken a long time for the government to acknowledge certain inherent truths about these things and it's finally starting to happen and so i'm very encouraged by that and you know I, while i'm not going to be too rose colored glasses about it because i know there'll be some conflicts i'm really encouraged that that's the way it's going to go and as long as we can survive this transition period without additional resistance and people freaking out who are afraid of the new way this change startling them and You know, forcing them into some crazy actions as long as we can survive the transition
1: period we're set up for a really exciting time ahead yeah i I feel like um i feel like that i mean i agree with what you're saying i feel like that transition is happening the right way this time where uh yeah it's kind of a left meets right mentality where you have to be a little bit of both for some people to be able to see eye to eye with you because I think in my limited knowledge about the nineteen sixties and that the whole, you know, liberal hippie movement was that it just offset it was it was just too much too fast and it created that fear of whether it was government or authority to to try and control these these people that were seemingly loose cannons, but we're obviously pretty smart and pretty open minded and forward thinking where I feel like you could obviously elaborate on it quite a bit more that now if you're seeing a guy who's kicking ass, his as business is taken off, he's bringing tons of successful people from all walks of life together, and he has all these different understandings that he's gained from plant medicine and meditation, all these different things that really, at the end of the day, create the strongest um, individual. I think the person who, that, that artist within that uh, is truly unafraid of, of freedom and is able to look at his own fears and his own weaknesses and and face that and go forward and right through it is the opposite of the person who's just basically going to accept you know the given rules that society throws mm-hmm. at them um, I feel like there's more and more people like yourself that are doing that and, and if people over here who originally had that fear of all that stuff of you know someone out living in the bush doing their own thing they might seem like they're kind of a little bit crazy they might be actually really smart and onto yeah. something and really connected to who they are and what what's really going on here but there's no way that they're going to take their word from it for it it's got to be someone who's out here playing the game as you always say has a stake in the game mm-hmm. and uh i truly believe that's that's the way it's going to change
0: yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there was a time, like even when you look at eighties movies, there was always the stereotypes. Like there's caricatures made. There's the hippie, there's the sensitive nerd, there's the dumb jock, there's all of these different things. And we we tend to think in these stereotypical things. And then but that's all evaporating now. Yeah. And all of these things are merging, you know, and and I think the the balanced man, the, the Renaissance man, the warrior poet, this ideal of someone who's complete in all aspects uh, is becoming the new ideal. And it's something that philosophers and theologians and different things have philosophized coming. But I think that's really what it is. It's it comes with consciousness, a a respect and and love for the body and all the things that it can do. And also respect for consciousness and the mind and everything that it can do and bringing it all together to experience this incredible video game we call life to the absolute fullest, to play all the levels, to feel all the joy, sorrow, sadness, love, everything that we can and experience it all to the fullest. And, And I think that's that's the new ideal and i think you know if you're trying to do anything else like there's some people who you know try to diminish the body like oh don't worry about the body focus on the mind some people like i'm just gonna get jacked fuck all this hippie shit you know they're just really limiting themselves and i think that recognition is starting to happen and and you can't create these little stereotypes to put people in boxes and that's one of the things that i appreciate so much about you and everybody who meets you says the same thing it's you know what people think of a star athlete they think massive ego gonna be a dick you know not gonna listen to them blah 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 like all of these things every single time you shake someone's hand you shatter that and then they go back and go "Huh, interesting and then that there's allows prob- them
1: there's probably some moments out <laughs> there let's just not completely wipe it off the, the slate you know but but I guess you're right I mean and I, I think that's natural for anybody too, to to meet somebody um whether it's a preconceived like kind of perception of what you think that person is um i mean i do it all the time um it's easy to categorize people and and then to just throw them under this you know in this box of probably what's going to define the rest of their their person um you know i get it all the time within my the locker room Uh, guys find out i'm growing my vegetables at home with these uh, tower gardens and i'm in all this different stuff and then they you know they start calling me the tree hugger and the hippie and i'm i'm that guy all of a sudden and, but you then, know? And then all of a sudden you see that start to creep into their life too yeah, you know, so you have well, to be able exactly. to, to
0: take some of these darts in the skin. That's right. what being a leader is. Is like, ooh, that little dart might have hurt a little bit, but that's yeah. okay. I'll take that because I'll forge out ahead and I'll be at the front of this thing and I'll I'll take a little bit of that chirping yeah. and, and I'll be okay with it.
1: Well, and it, it's it's again going back to I don't know I I believe this was in, in Holiday's book too where he talked about one of those stoic guys I think it might have been Cato or Seneca or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was something I'm like, man, that that's what I should do. I mean, within reason, as far as doing things that, you know, are going to kind of entice some type of, um, you know, and how we say chirping, but like people that are going to, you know, kind of rag on you or give you shit about something because um, it kind of it, it builds that thicker skin and it builds that that stronger inner self-esteem that if you can do some whether it's reflective of. What you believe in or not, um, whether it's just wearing something that's goofy and yeah. you know you're gonna get it, get you know hard time from the boys, you know how guys in a, in a hockey locker room can be. Uh, then I think you start to, at least for me, um, start to get less sensitive towards the things that uh, are detrimental and that negative energy that you're talking about. I think for me the, the biggest example, and again I haven't had any huge issues yet. I've been getting a lot of love so far on, on social media, but. I haven't been on Twitter and Instagram for a long time, but it's something I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself of. If I, I, I got to put something out there and on one side of it, maybe be receptive to some of the criticism because some of that might be true and I should be somewhat conscious of it and, and try to like understand some of it, but also the other side of it that, that I can really just read it and absorb it and let it go. And I'm, Strong enough to do that, and just mm-hmm. kind of constantly remind myself that whatever you do, there's always going to be some uh, positive and, and negative reception to it, and and to be ready for that, not let it dictate where I'm going to go next. I got to stay strong within my core principle of you know core beliefs, and and move through that no matter what. Because I think uh, for the most part, you know, things will be received well if your intention is good. Um, yeah, but it's good practice, I think, to look at it that way. And I think he said it really well. Uh, As far as, you know, practicing little things that you know you're going to get made fun of for. And it's not the end of the world, you know. And I think a lot of people are so worried about that. And eventually, again, it's easier said than done. But uh, when you see young kids nowadays refreshing their social media, looking for the likes, looking for the thumbs up, all that stuff is kind of sad. Because that's really how they're forming their inner opinion of themselves in the long run so uh it's kind of a, a tough subject but for me it's been good practice because no doubt you know, and that's and that's I gotta, I and that's the attitude
0: and we gotta head to the airport but it's a great way to end like go go towards <clears throat> these things that are your fears go yeah. towards these things that'll challenge your ego go towards these things and if you can be non-reactive and just sit with them and Eckhart Tolle describes this really well in a new earth like take these perceived insults and with and if you can become non-responsive you get so much stronger from it you know you know that you've mastered this certain element of yourself not mastered it but you've you've grown stronger in response to it just as the body grows stronger in response to a workout so yeah and that is the 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 best way to improve you want to get stronger in the gym take on resistance and recover you want to get stronger mentally take on mental resistance and recover right. you want to work on your ego take on slights to the ego and recover you know it's, it's the same thing move yeah. toward resistance John, it's been great, my brother. All right. That was Let's, too quick. Yeah, man. It's a good it's too start, quick. though. <laughs> it's a good start. We'll carry this on again. I think All this right. will be one of many, my friend. Thanks a lot. Um, what's your real Instagram and, and Twitter stuff? Because you have about, oh, 700 different fake accounts. <laughs> <That's not laughs>
1: right. well, I was hoping that uh, the official one would put the rest away, but it's <laughs> you literally, do have I a think little it's check straight mark, up Jonathan, right? Jonathan Taves. Yeah, they should okay. have a check mark on it, so check cool. it out lots of interesting don't stuff follow, on don't there. follow any of those
0: other donkeys they're not real so yeah. follow the real one if it doesn't have a blue check mark go fuck yourself that's exactly. what i have to say thanks, much man. love everybody thanks john i'd like to acknowledge the company that is the expression of so many things i love onit.com it.com o-n-n-i-t.com and also wearspace.com with two s's putting out some really dope clothes and supporting my favorite charities Lastly, please check out my blog, aubreymarcus.com, for the latest in all the ventures happening in my world. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, and let's make this positivity contagious. Thanks for tuning in.